0: you're listening to Pleasure Principles. I'm your host Toby, a fine artist and care guide, and the founder here. Our podcast, Pleasure Principles, hosts monthly care center conversations around our art and self-discovery with shape-shifting visionary creatives like us. August 31st. Well, technically it's actually now Wednesday, September the 1st. This month flew like so fast for me. Um, and a lot of other people I've spoken with, maybe that's you. Maybe this month was slow for you. This This month was like so quick for me. Um, yeah, but I am just coming here to chit chat. I am relaxing a little bit before bed. I had some sweet cream pie from the weekend, um, which was delicious. And yeah, I wanted to just come chat with you before I lay down to share, one, share some exciting news, and then the second part of this podcast will be some tips, um, or more so some awarenesses, some insights to help both you and I next time around when this opportunity comes back around Um, I just have four points for now so maybe there'll be another part two to this um, I think this episode will be short and sweet episode um, but yeah I'm sure more points will come to me as I continue to process I'm naturally just a processor in general, um, and on top of that, this opportunity literally is present. <laughs> it just passed this weekend, um, so I'm still high key stunned from that, um, so I'm still a little bit in the like shocked phase, so still a lot of processing and reflecting to do but before we get into that you already know the drill if you've been listening we are going to get into our mindful breaths so if you're moving if you're not able to pause for this moment no worries um just focus your breath um, and bring your awareness deeply into whatever task that you're doing if you are able to pause for this moment Go ahead and take a seat or just be still where you are. We're gonna refresh our posture. You know, shake out your arm, stretch your jaw, drop your chin, open your mouth wide. Reach and extend the crown of your head all the way up towards the sun, really creating some more space here your spine and your torso and your lungs go ahead and send your shoulders up towards your ears take a deep inhale here and on your exhale drop your shoulders roll them not behind you but kind of underneath your ears on the side of your body we're going to share five breaths together here let's begin Beautiful. I'm going to go ahead and take a sip of water. You can do the same. I bit my lip like a week ago now. It's still healing. So bear with me if you hear me talking a bit weird. <laughs> it hurts so bad. And my canines don't help. They're so sharp. Um, anyways, 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 let's get back to the podcast. So I guess I'll just go ahead and just say it. If you're following me on Instagram, you've already seen this, but my work is in a museum. I am just incredibly excited and grateful and just still in awe. Um, so if you're in upstate New York, please take a moment to, to visit the exhibition, Unrepresentation, which is showing at the Tang Museum in Saratoga, New York, Saratoga Springs, New York, sorry, curated by Maria Stack, who is one of the student curators there. I have four commissioned audio meditations and soundscapes that were produced, written, and guided by myself. Three of them are accompanying um, artworks of international artists, Jack Whitten, Lisa Corinne Davis, and Sanford Biggers. And the show is on view now through November 21st. So the show opened up uh, last Saturday, August 28th, and will be open and on view through November 21st. So if you're in upstate New York, please go visit it. Please take a picture, tag me in it. Um, I would love to see how people are engaging with it, how folks are interacting, um, and what, you know, captured you with each piece or with the meditations. Um, As a fine artist that intentionally works at the intersections of art, design, and care, this opportunity feels incredibly aligned and fulfilling. Um, From writing and studio sessions, to learning to play new instruments, and navigating feedback, it truly was all a joy. I wanna give a huge thank you to Maria and the team at The Tang for being great partners and supporting myself as a Black queer artist and alumni, alumna (laughs) of Skidmore College. Thank you to Safe House Productions, which is located here in Dayton, Ohio, for your studio space and mastering work, uh, which was so helpful. Shout out to Dre. So this project has been in the works since about April and I'm so excited to see it complete and available to view and to be engaged with. It's honestly so hard for me to keep stuff like this to myself. Um, Not just because I want to share aimlessly or to brag or anything like that. But it's a moment where it's like, y'all, I'm really out here living my dreams. Like, I've always wanted to be a creative and an artist just as a child. And even becoming a young adult and quickly learning that I have to make a living for myself. Um, That was the ideal way for that to happen, to be a full-time, you know, working, paid, artist, and creative, and I curved it for so long just out of self-doubt and a couple of the things which I've spoke about, um, and I'm just so thankful when opportunities like this find me because, you know, it hurt my soul and my spirit calling on it and working towards this, so I'm just really excited and... I'm thankful to see this opportunity. I've been waiting for you, and I just welcomed it with open arms, and it certainly was a learning experience. This was my first time being commissioned by a museum. So, um, you know, I have some things to share that I want to share. So on top of the excitement of it all, um, I want to share some of the things that I learned. Um... Yeah, and so basically these are tips and some insights of what I learned this first time um, and things that I will be doing differently next time. So, you know, you live and you learn, and I'm happy to share. So I have four insights that I'm going to be sharing. The first is pricing. So to be honest, I priced with a lot of excitement and opportunity in mind. (laughs) Um... This was not something that I had, you know, my business had super tight on. I was very excited and I saw the opportunity that this was. And I didn't, I guess, a little bit of scarcity mindset now that I'm kind of reflecting on it. And it's still, like I said, processing to see. But it was one of those things where I didn't want it to pass and... Uh, Of course, with this being my first time, I also didn't want to overcharge and overstretch myself, which I'm glad I didn't do. But now that I um, did the process and basically, you know, the process affirmed that this is a skill set that I have well, that I do well, and that I have the resources and connections for, um, that changes everything, you know. And at the time, I was a little, uh, let's say foggy on how I would execute this all. So I didn't want to overcharge more than what I could offer. I also was, you know, didn't want to, I guess, have this opportunity pass. And, you know, you get what you get out of that kind of thinking. Let's just say that. (laughs) Um, but I was just trying, like I said, trying to get my foot in the door as this was my first, opportunity of this kind and this is totally okay i think um like i said this isn't anything bad per se i'm just kind of sharing context with you and i would still recommend this for specific artists and opportunities you know if it's your first time with something get good at it first you know make sure you can you can execute um And then really, and once you go through it, you have a better idea like I do now of how to accurately price a project of this. And to be honest, this was something that I would be pricing double of what I actually charged in this case. Um, So yeah, however, what I will add to this um, and practice in the future is just making it clear on what this pricing includes and some of the hard stops Um, so for an example the number of studio sessions that whatever you're charging the number of studio sessions that includes or the hours that that includes um, the rounds of feedback that that includes you know get the cost of each session so you can know exactly what that will be literally do the math and see approximate figures of if i do you know, three sessions compared to five sessions. And what does that look like? Get an idea of generally how long it would take you. So for me, on average, each studio session that I had lasted about an hour. So I had to consider that studio charge for an hour. Don't necessarily, you know, you don't want to overwhelm yourself and overthink it, but don't necessarily cut corners and say, Oh, well, I can get this done. And 30 minutes because the reality of it may be it you might think that and without doing it first and once you get to do it, you see the work that goes into it, maybe the setup and the breakdown, something that you might have to do over. I know there was things that I noticed like once I started to learn more about the audio production side, I started to learn the language of, hey, can you uh, alter this, can you alter that? And just those little things, it might take 20 minutes, 15 minutes. It might take two minutes, you know, it just depends. So you wanna be mindful of that. Um, So consider all the steps, both pre-production and post-production. Consider your labor, um, any additional supplies that are needed. Um, And then also consider what you actually want to take home or take to the bank as far as what you get to, um, add to your bank account, what you can pay your bills with and things like that. So that number that you're offering, you know, you'll have to pay, in my case, pay an audio engineer. Um, you might need some new instruments or things like that. Um, so keep that in mind. Give me a second. I'm going to take a sip. So essentially, the least financial surprises, the better. Um, I kind of was caught in a situation where I had greatly exceeded the production cost, um, the estimations of what I thought, and was stuck with the figure that I quoted, um, resulting in me taking home, you know, less coin, less coin to the bank. So it's not the end of the world but definitely a lesson learned and something that I will be utilizing in the future for sure. The second insight I have is ask for a reference. So when folks reach out to work with you, ask them to share or send a reference of what they're looking for. Now this is something that I usually practice with my design work or painting commissions. But I have to admit, it slipped my mind with this project. Like I said, I was very excited and I didn't have my business hat on the best as I have have had before. Um, So these reference points can be from your own portfolio or from other sources. And this isn't to, you know, if you're using another source, of course, this isn't to copy that thing, but this is more so to get clear on expectations on, for both parties you know what you both have in your head needs to be clearly shared um and transparently shared with each other so that you both can have the best execution in the end and that you both are what you're thinking or what you're hearing what you're feeling you want is what each party knows and so If you're the one that's um, being asked for the service, you have everything that you need to best execute and to provide what your partner is looking for. And on the other hand, if you're the partner, you have an idea of the limitations or the creative landscape that that artist has and what's important to them in that project. I know our excitement gets the best of us, but you definitely want to have this confirmed up front as this will save you a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of confusion or frustration when it comes, you know, to feedback rounds. So just keep that in mind asking for a reference so that you both are clear and aware of what the final project generally, you know, of course there's going to be other things, but generally what it will offer. The third step that I have or the third insight that I have is travel. So if you want to be present for the show, which I would highly recommend, I think it's an awesome opportunity if you're able to, of course, you know, if you have it open in your, in your schedule, um, and if it's not important to you, it's not important to you, no need to stress it. But I know I'm someone that's like, I give my all my projects and it's always so, um, fulfilling to see people in real time engaging with your work, to be able to meet the team that you've been working with virtually on this project and to just be able to say thank you in person and to be able to interact with visitors that come into this project. Cause now this project is bigger than you, is bigger than your partners, is bigger than both you guys. It's you know, it's this whole community that's now taking Um, taking part of this process so that's why it's important to me Um, and if you have the opportunity you definitely want to state that upfront and you want to be clear about that have this be included in your contract and your and in your package Um, go ahead and go the extra mile do some research on cost airplane or however you plan to get there or your preferred way to get there And provide these figures in the email and in communication with the commissioning party so that they're aware of that and that they're able to um, best, you know, negotiate on their end for you to have this be included. And so it's not like something you guys, you have already come to a figure and then you come back later with this. I think it's absolutely okay to ask for travel expenses to be covered, especially if you are charging less for a service. Um, I have asked in several cases for travel to be compensated, and in my case, I haven't had an issue at all with this. Um, and to be clear, I'm specifically talking about commissioned opportunities. So this won't really apply much for like artist calls and things like that. And my last insight that I have for you is have a friend advocate on your behalf. So if you're being commissioned by an institution or a larger company, even if you don't have a full-time agent or manager, it doesn't hurt to ask a friend, a peer, or an acquaintance to speak on your behalf. The keyword or the keyword cri- and criteria here is... The person must be on their shit, okay? So you want to get somebody that you trust, that you've seen do great things for themselves or on behalf of other friends, um, and kind of understand how you work. You want to get someone who understands, um, yeah, how you work, and that will benefit both both of you. You don't want to get someone who works a certain way and then kind of, um, you know, be kind of nitpicky on every little thing that they do it's better just to get someone that you know works in the similar similar way that you do so that you both can be on the same page and that they can show up for you the best way um possible so yeah and i think this is great for you know they must be on their stuff great with communication and can execute negotiating on your behalf. So that's the point of what i see this friend or peer or acquaintance as advocating on your end, is to be that middle person um, between you and the commissioning party for this project. So I handled this particular project just myself. And sometimes that can be intimidating when you're just one person, especially as an independent artist, um, I'm not currently represented by an agent or an artist, um, yeah, like an artist agent, but you know, maybe one day I will. And right now it's nice to just have someone in your corner that can help to uh, communicate and negotiate on behalf of you. So even if y'all, you know, brainstormed a response together, that person should be comfortable with the conversation in general, Jargon that may come up in conversation, um, et cetera, things like that, and be able to hold what I'm saying, quote unquote, their their poker face, if the email turns into a call. So you want to get someone who's comfortable with emailing, but also can pick up a call, uh, whether that's you know just audio or a Zoom call, and be able to, of course, be friendly and respectful and kind, but also be able to state clearly what you are looking to get out of this project um, so that all parties are clear on, you know, what everyone is expecting. I haven't tried this yet, but it's definitely something that I will be utilizing next time. Cause like I said, it is sometimes intimidating or a bit overwhelming when you are the artist, the producer, <laughs> the writer, and the admin for this larger project. So those are my four insights slash tips that I have. I hope these were really helpful. Um, And these are just based off of my own experience. So feel free to let me know like how, you know, experiences like this have come up for you and what insights have been helpful for you, different practices or best practices that you have utilized. I'm definitely down to try and know other um, processes. So. Let me know how you prepare and handle communication, contracts and negotiation when working with larger institutions or larger projects in general. So on to study sessions. Um, This episode study session is actually a write-up about the show, which is really exciting. And I also have a sweet treat at the end for you. So if you're new, study sessions is me reading articles um, about art, design, technology, culture, and storytelling, highlighting creatives and platforms like us. It's an opportunity on this podcast to support artists dedicated, to support artists dedicated practice of research and study and storytelling and story observing, listening and resting and hopefully inspiring. So basically, I read you short articles about dope artists for you to listen to while you're art making, heading to bed, car rides, cooking, etc. Um, Articles and reading articles, uh, listening to artists' talks, whether that's uh, via YouTube or Medium, have been incredibly helpful on my journey, and I just love to incorporate that here in the podcast when I can. Um yeah, we gotta learn, we gotta continue to sharpen our practice, iron sharpens iron, so I hope I can be some iron for you, and you can be some iron for me, and we can be some iron for we. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so let me go ahead and get into this article. So today's article is published by the Francis Young Tang Teaching Museum and Art Gallery at Skidmore College, AKA the Tang. It was written in August 2021, and it is titled Unrepresentation, which is also the name of the show. Unrepresentation. In the summer of 2020, millions of people attended Black Lives Matter protests making them one of the largest social justice movements in the US history. While these protests encouraged anti-racist actions, they also stirred up traumatic images and experiences among black communities. As a response to century old racialized injustices, unrepresentation seeks to provide a space of healing for black communities. The three featured works by black artists embodied the possibilities of black american creative freedom and spirit through abstract artworks this exhibition will serve as a source of meditative restoration offering abstraction as both originating from and producing black joy creating with black visitors created with black visitors in mind the exhibition welcomes all to engage with the meditative powers of these artworks. Several pre recorded guided meditations created by Skidmore alumna Toby Ewing, that's me, <laughs> class of 2015, will accompany the exhibition, and there will be a series of meditation workshops for Black Skidmore students, faculty, and staff throughout the fall. That is super dope, I think. Unrepresentation is the capstone project for Maria Stack, Class of 2022, the 2020-2021 Meg Reitman-Jacobs Endowed Intern. The internship is a year-long pre-professional opportunity for Skidmore Jr. or seniors in the Tang, Tang Museum's Education Department. So that's the little write-up that they have on the website. Um, I will try to add this link to this podcast episode. If not, if you go to my Instagram and click my Insta links, it will be listed there also. And on to the sweet treat. So like I said, this project encompassed me providing four commissioned audio meditations and soundscapes. All four of these soundscapes and audio meditations are featured on the website, a part of this article that I just read you. So to close out today's podcast episode, I'm going to be playing one of the soundscapes. So this one is titled Cry to Release. It is um, the one soundscape, so three of them are audio meditations, so vocals with me, guiding you through her meditations. Those three meditations are accompanying the three artworks that I mentioned to you by Sanford Biggers, Lisa Corinne Davis, and Jack Whitten. And then the fourth one is a soundscape with no audio. This is just all instrumentation that um, and a soundscape that I produced. And I titled it Cry to Release on the website. It is titled unrepresentation soundscape so to close out today i'm going to play this for us so feel free to get back into that comfortable position if you're able to if you're not just continue to listen it's about three minutes and afterwards we'll close out um i hope y'all have a great day whatever time you're listening to this i hope you've been well and i look forward to next month's podcast episode Be well, take care, and continue being great. I don't know. (laughs) Y'all have a good one, and wishing you a great week. Peace. truly hope you enjoyed today's episode hope you learned something new felt something more deeply or was able to see yourself in a new light go ahead and give us a follow on on instagram and go ahead and follow us on spotify check out the previous episodes and tell a friend we really appreciate your support talk to you next time take care